Great. Can you hear me okay? Brilliant. We're without the buzz now, which is well, which is nice. Um, I'm just going to pray uh, again, and then we'll, uh, we'll get going. Father, we thank you again for the chance to gather uh, in your name. Thank you so much that uh, we can hear your voice speaking to us in the scriptures by your spirit. Please um, build us, encourage us, equip us uh, now this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so we are, as Paul said, we're on to our final C um, today, which is um, coffee. Uh, so I've got my, um, my coffee here. I've got a big mug and I'm ready. They're yeah, ready to go. There we are. Um, not really. For those of you who are worried that I was actually going to preach on coffee, um, you can rest assured. Uh, but actually, um, it is uh, something that we perhaps um, don't realize how important what is happening together, what's going on amongst us um, as we do sip our tea and coffee after the service. But we'll, we'll come back to that um, at the end. But I want to turn our attention first to what's going on uh, behind me. As Paul said, it's uh, an impressive building project is underway. You can see all Gary's tools there. Uh, poised and ready. And um, we, we've, Paul said it's for the um, holiday club um, uh, going up today, the set. And for those that you have been part of holiday club before, uh, you'll know it's such a great week. Uh, not just the transformation of the church building, which is amazing, uh, but the coming together um, as a team uh, and uh, the building then being full of, of children. I think there's over 100 uh, signed up, uh, all of them here, and they'll be able to hear about Um, the Lord Jesus. Um, It's such a great thing to be part of um, the team of that. Uh, But imagine uh, being part of uh, an even bigger building project. Uh, Who knows what this uh, building is? Do hands up. Can you see it, sort of? Oh, it's gone. It'll come back in a minute. There you are. It'll flick for a bit. Anyone know what that building is? Yeah, Burj Khalifa. Have you been? You've been, Ivan? Yeah, so you've been. You work there? Great, I didn't know that was going to happen this morning. Great, so we've got somebody who works in this building. Is it 830 meters tall? Something like that, but it's, it's, it's the tallest, um, tallest building in the world at the moment. Um, but, but imagine uh, being, part, being able to say that you'd been part of the team that had built, built that. It'd uh, be a pretty impressive thing to have uh, on your CV, wouldn't it? But the reality that I want to speak to us about this morning is that if you're a Christian here today, Uh, then you're already part of the biggest, grandest building project there will ever be. Uh, Even bigger than Holiday Club, if that's possible. Although actually Holiday Club is is part of this, we'll come back to that. Um, Even bigger than the Burj Khalifa. Uh, The building project uh, we're talking about today is the church, Christ's body. And uh, the Apostle Paul has already told us um, of God's huge plan uh, back in chapter 1 of Ephesians. You don't need to turn there. It's on the, on the, on the screen. Uh, he says this. It's a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ. Things in heaven and things on earth. And it turns out, as Paul's letter goes on, is that the church is a huge part of that plan of uniting everything together under Jesus. And we're not talking about church buildings here, we're talking about us, um, people. There's a few different images for the church in the Bible, isn't there? There's um, the temple, um, us as the temple. Um, in the next chapter in Ephesians, there's us as the bride of Christ. 
but today the main image of the church we're thinking about is the body. Uh, so us, the people, as Christ's body and him as the head. And every single one of us, every single one, has a really vital role in building up the body. Uh, we're all bodybuilders, if you like. I didn't bring my weights in. I haven't even got any. Um, so we're going to look at this in, uh, in three ways. We're going to look at the what, uh, the why, and the how. So firstly, uh, the what. Uh, Christ's gifts equip believers to build his body. Now, when it comes to um, buying gifts, um, I actually can find that slightly stressful. Um, I always start to worry a little bit about what gift to buy, but also um, ordering it in time so that it arrives in time. Um, Abby's turning 40 in July, and I'm already breaking out in cold sweats um, at night about it. Um, I've got some ideas, but um, you, can, you can help me afterwards if you want. Um, but whilst, whilst I might think there's a lot riding on the gift that I buy Abby, um, actually, she's, she's very gracious. She'll forgive me if I do get that wrong or if it's a few days late. Um, but the gifts that Jesus um, gives to his church, um, there's a lot at stake, as we're going to see. Because the life, the maturity, and the security of his beloved body, the church, depends on Jesus giving the right gifts. And well, thankfully, the, the risen, victorious uh, Jesus knows exactly what gifts to give um, his body, the church. But you might be surprised to, to see what they are. So this is verses 11 and 12. Do you um, keep your Bibles open if, you've, um, if you shut them? So verses uh, 11 and 12 in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen out for what he gives to his church. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. So Christ's vital gifts um, to build um, his body, his church, are just ordinary people. Okay, I think you can just about see that, can't you, on the screen? So they're, they're ordinary people, uh, but what's common to, to all of them um, is that they're all people who bring God's word um, to God's people. Uh, so the apostles and prophets, they, well, the apostles laid the foundation of God's word in the New Testament. Uh, we might say um, prophets kind of apply God's word um, in certain specific times and, and tasks. Uh, evangelists, well, they model and they take God's word uh, to un unbelievers. And pastors and teachers lead God's people uh, by laying out God's word um, in all of life. So Christ's gifts um, to um, his church, his body, are ordinary people, uh, like Paul, Andy, Mark, some more ordinary than others. Um, and uh, they're ordinary people who uh, teach God's powerful word to us. And I wonder if you notice as well that um, these people gifts um, are not given so that they can do all the ministry uh, and build the church for us. Uh, no, Christ gives them to equip his people, us, me and you, for works of service, so that the body of Christ is built up. I don't think it happens here, actually, but sometimes you do see in churches that pastors are 
getting dragged all over the place um, because there's a feeling unless they're there and involved, uh, then no real ministry is actually taking place. Uh, But Jesus says, no, I've given pastors and teachers to equip believers to build, to equip believers to build the body. And we know this makes sense, don't we, in, in everyday life. So if you think of a normal building project, I don't know much about it, but the architect or the engineer, they produce their plans. And the main contractor then um, ensures that the building is built according to those plans. Uh, but they don't do that by going out and laying every brick themselves. Uh, no, they, they equip a team uh, by showing them the plan um, and they go and build. It's better for one person uh, to equip many. Uh, than to try and do it all themselves. And uh, just, just a quick note as well, if, on verse 12, if you look, look down again on verse 12 in chapter 4, uh, I don't want to get too technical, but it's just on the, the translation of this passage, of this uh, few, few words, and it does affect the rest of the passage, I think. So the NIV, you, say, you can see it says, um, equip God's people for works of service. Um, and the NIV is a great translation, but on this one, I think um, other versions um, are better. And they have it, um, equip God's people for the work, singular, the work of ministry. Uh, So Paul uh, has in mind that the same specific singular work of ministry, that we're all involved in the same thing. And we'll have to wait until verses 15 to 16 to see um, what that is. And... Of course, this equipping, pastors and teachers equipping us, it doesn't just happen um, on a Sunday morning um, in the sermon. There's all kinds of ways that it might happen in home groups with your home group leaders, coffees and breakfasts and lunches, whatever else, uh, during the week as we meet up together and and get God's word, the Bible, open with one another. Um, But focusing for a minute on the Sunday service, which we have been these last six weeks, um, how does this affect the way that we listen, Um, especially to the sermon and what's going on in the service. Because if, if we know that this is the big chance in our week to be equipped, well, we want to be eagerly soaking in everything we can, don't we? Eager to listen. We don't want to just be receiving information. Uh, but as Paul was um, preaching last week, God is preparing us and correcting us Um, equipping us by his spirit uh, throughout the service but I think especially um, as the word is read and and preached and I don't know if this is a different way of thinking as well that a a good reason for listening well to a sermon is um, obviously for our own personal growth as a Christian but I wonder if you've also ever thought about uh, listening as well for the sake of others Um, because Jesus says, doesn't he, that this is, this what's happening now is equipping us, all of us, for the work of ministry that will build his body, the church. So not just equipping us for our own good and walk with the Lord, uh, but so that we can encourage and build up others. Now, I don't mean sitting there in a sermon on a Sunday, perhaps if it's on selfishness and someone pops into your head and think, oh yeah, I can't wait to go and tell them about this. Um, we've got to let God's spirit apply it to us first. Uh, but still, um, if, the, if the role of this is to equip us to build, we do want to be starting to think, well, what have I heard about Christ this morning that I can go and encourage uh, someone else with to help build um, the body 
More, more on that later, but I hope you're already beginning to see how vital your role, everyone's role in this building project is. Um, every believer, all of us need equipping for this um, through the gifts that Christ has given uh, because we're the ones that are going to do uh, that work of ministry. We're all bodybuilders. But if you're um, involved in any kind of uh, building project or you want to know why it matters, uh, what's, the, what's the vision? What's the, the aim? Gary, as he gets his tools out later on and starts assembling the holiday club set, he has a, a vision. He knows what it's going to look like. I don't. I wasn't here six years ago or whenever it was last put up. But he knows, and that keeps him going. But what about us? Why, why build the body? Why build the church? Well, it's because um, the mature church is a secure church. The mature church is a secure church. So in other words, building the body, the church, really matters because it builds us to maturity. And it's only the fully grown, mature church that will stand secure and protected. As we move through into these next verses, verses 13 and 14, I think uh, the Apostle Paul gives us two images here. Uh, Verse 13 is that of the fully grown body, the mature man. But then verse 14, the picture is then of an immature child uh, being tossed around in the dangerous wind and waves of the open sea. And as we'll see, these wind and waves, they are the deceitful schemes and false teaching. And so this is the context in which we try and uh, seek to build the church. So our task, our role is not an optional extra, it's, it's vital. There's, there's real danger for the church in remaining that immature child in the sea. But real security in maturity. Um, now, from time to time, um, you'll hear of crazy people um, deciding they're ready to swim the English Channel. Um, I think they used to do it one way, uh, but now they seem to go there and back, <laughs> which is crazy. Anywhere, any open water swimmers here? No one's putting their hand up yet. No. Well, you're sensible if you're not. Um, that's 42 miles there and back of the English Channel. I, I can't even contemplate that. I'm, I'm gasping for breath after two lengths of the swimming pool. Um, and I think the record, I, I, this is a quick Google check, but I think the record for a two-way swim um, is someone called Philip Rush, who did it in 16 hours, there and back. I mean, that's insane, isn't it? 16 hours, 42 miles. Uh, swimming in the open water. I mean, just, just think of all the, the training he must have done for that, all the hours in the water, but also all the kind of muscle building, uh, bodybuilding in the gym, the strict diet regime that you'd have to keep up. You need to be at peak physical condition, um, complete maturity in body and mind uh, to even attempt uh, something like this, don't you? And I think a, a boat goes with them, so apparently it's quite easy to become seasick and, and disorientated when you're, when you're out there. I can't even stay in the same lane, I'd be, I'd be awful. Um, but, uh, so they have the boat, and everyone's kind of working to this same plan, and, and the, big, the swimmer begins steadily kind of cutting through the waves with strong, methodical strokes. And that picture, that's something like uh, what God's giving us here in verse 13. That's Christ's aim for us, his, his body, fully grown, mature, united, 
and ready to face um, the open water, the wind and the waves. Verse 12 into 13 again says, So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. But Jesus' aim for his church isn't small, is it? It's so grand. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's the image of a, a fully grown, mature man, fully developed in wisdom uh, and knowledge of Christ. And this uh, maturity uh, that Jesus wants is marked by unity in the faith. Do you see that? Have a look down at verse 13. Did you see that there? Uh, unity in the faith. Now, uh, Helen prayed for the Church of England, and we've heard a lot, haven't we, recently about uh, unity um, in the Church of England. Uh, walking together is the phrase um, often used by bishops, and to be honest, sometimes feels like it's being imposed. But we can see in, in verse 13 that true unity in the faith is all about knowing Jesus the Son. Um, as he's revealed himself in scripture, not just how we might like to think of him and, and what he might bless. And the Apostle Paul has prayed passionately for this knowledge of Jesus, twice already in the letter of Ephesians. And second one is, uh, is famously in chapter 3. I uh, don't need to turn there, but I'm going to pray this prayer for us now. Um, it's chapter 3, verse 16. I'm just going to pray it for us. And this is what Paul, um, this is the heartbeat, really, of, of this letter. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Uh, what a prayer that is. What a great thing that would be to be praying um, for each other um, every day. But it, it shows, doesn't it, that the way Paul thinks that we're going to grow up uh, into this beautiful, mature church is through an ever-deepening knowledge of Christ and his love for us. And it's this that will unite us in the faith. And it's, it's only then as this fully grown, mature body that we can survive and even thrive in those open seas like that uh, trained swimmer. Uh, to enter the waves um, as a small, immature child um, is unthinkable, isn't it? Have a look down at verse 14. It says, Then will we no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. This is the second image that Paul gives us. The, the immature church is more like the little toddler um, stumbling towards the open sea with their little armbands arm on, uh, attempting to swim the channel on their own. It doesn't bear thinking about. Tossed back and forth by the wind and the waves. It's vivid imagery. And if we don't build, if we stop building, uh, this is what the church will be like. There's a lot riding on 
our role here. And it's worth just noting as well that these wind and waves, um, they're teaching. You see that there? They're, they're false teaching about Jesus. So we've got Christ's gifts that um, are, are given and they um, bring God's word to us. They teach us about Jesus. Uh, but the opposition also comes in the form of teaching. Deceptive, cunning, crafty schemes. Who does that sound like? Crafty schemes. Takes my mind back to Genesis 3, but also, say, say the serpent, the devil, but also the next chapter. The Apostle Paul uses that same word, schemes, to describe the schemes of the devil. This, the storm that he's describing here is a, is a spiritual battle. Uh, yes, false teaching, it comes from the lips of men and women, but always uh, behind it is uh, the evil one. And I mean, we, we know he can't win, don't we? <laughs> um, it's Jesus who builds his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, yet still, the devil will do anything he can to try and at least stunt the church's growth, to stop us uh, enjoying uh, and knowing the true Christ, and instead present us with a false one. And it, and it is deceptive. Um, if you followed any of the debates in the Church of England at the moment, you've, you'll have noticed there's, they're playing with words. It's subtle. It is easy to be taken in by it. I've, I've spoken to a few who said, yeah, I've needed to go back to the Scriptures again after listening to it. So it's confusing. Uh, but unless, of course, we are deeply immersed in the Scriptures, uh, protected by being uh, united um, to, to, to each other and to Christ... We want to be um, like that mature adult swimmer cutting through those waves, uh, staying the course, uh, not lost um, in the storm. So it really, really is a vital project, building project that we're all engaged in, that we're all needed for. So I think that last question, um, how, is really important. How? How do we do it? But it's by every believer builds the body by speaking the truth in love. So this is the last few verses, verses 16, verses 15 and 16. I'll just read them to us. So instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect in the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So that singular work of ministry that we were talking about um, in verse 12, um, what is it? It's, it's speaking the truth in love. It's the same thing for all of us. A work of ministry that we all do, speaking the truth in love. That's how the body will be built up. And all of us make up this body and we're all like kind of the supporting ligaments um, in the body. Um, and so each of us is needed to do that work of ministry um, so that the body grows and matures. Imagine that um, adult swimmer again, uh, ready to embark on the, the channel swim. Well, if the ligaments, say, in the, or the shoulder muscles are undeveloped and, and not trained, if they don't do their job in, in pulling the swimmer along, well, then she'll lack the strength to keep going. She'll veer off course and be at the mercy of the wind and waves. 
So every single part, every one of you is vital. Every believer is needed in this this task of building the body by speaking the truth in love. We're all bodybuilders. And of course, God's word in the Bible, the truth about Jesus is the truth that we are um, to speak. And that's how we're to, to grow up into Christ, by lovingly speaking that truth to each other. That's how we withstand those waves and the devil's schemes. And I mean, Paul's, you can read Ephesians, but Paul's given us so much in there to already just in this one book of the Bible to, to speak to each other. Uh, chapter one, that we're chosen uh, in Christ and adopted as his children, uh, that we're forgiven and counted blameless uh, in Jesus by his blood. And that, I love this in chapter two, God says, spiritually speaking, we are already seated, raised and seated in the heavenly places with Christ. There's so much uh, truth. There's so many layers um, to the gospel that we can begin speaking with each other. So I think Paul asked us uh, last week or a week before, so why come to church? How would we answer that question? Well, a big, a big part of it is that we come to be equipped so we can speak. So it really matters then uh, that you're here. Because if, if you don't show up, then the, the body is kind of lopsided. The body lacks if you're not there to, to play your part in this speaking the truth in love and, and being equipped. It only takes that one muscle to misfire for the, for the swimmer to be at the mercy of the wind and waves. And of course, we, we, we do this throughout the week as well. It's not just on a Sunday. Um, Paul, I think Paul had that great diagram last week. I meant to ask him to email it to me if I forgot. But... Um, we want to be out there in the world, dispersed in the world. We want to be out there and be together um, in the world as much as we can. I was really encouraged, um, I often am, but especially on Thursday night in our home group, I was feeling particularly shattered. Um, the sermon wasn't going very well. You can tell me if it did in the end or not afterwards. Um, and, but we just spoke God's truth to each other and prayed God's truth in. And I was so encouraged at the end of it. Um, so it happens throughout the week, doesn't it? But a, a great time for this to at least begin um, is over coffee after the service. There, we got there in the end, coffee. That's why we call it coffee. You're allowed to drink tea as well, or water, or eat biscuits, or whatever. Um, but that is a good time after the, informal, after the formal part of our service is over to, to stay together and to begin this process of um, speaking the truth in love. Now, I don't want to put pressure on that time, because always after someone's preached like this, you kind of start being awkward about going up to each other, what do I say now? Um, You're allowed to still talk about the football or the rugby or TV or whatever else. Of course you are. Um, We don't want to be kind of weirdly um, over the top about it. And some people find that large gathering quite difficult anyway. And and actually, we do want to be talking about all of life with each other, don't we? Because to speak the truth in love, well, you first need to listen. Uh, We do need to be um, getting to know each other know each other on that kind of level um, to speak the truth to each other well. But I think our time together afterwards does want to be more like a hospital or a gym and less like the playground. Uh, So what do I mean by that? That We want it to be a place where people can be healed uh, by that truth speaking that's going on like a hospital and people to be built up uh, like you might be in the gym as part of Christ's body. So we do want to aim to be moving towards these kind of truth-speaking conversations 
Because let's face it, they're not going to happen anywhere else. Uh, the, the world out there, they're not going to speak the truth of Christ to you because they don't know him. So this is where it's going to happen. And we can begin that uh, with each other uh, on a Sunday over tea and coffee. Uh, now, you also might be thinking, well, I haven't got a clue what to say <laughs> or, or where to begin. Um, you might have just only just managed to drag yourself here this morning and uh, navigating the crowd at coffee and then me adding this kind of stuff in. You're like, right, I'm getting out there even quicker. Um, there's not going to be any bouncers on the door. It's all right. You're allowed to, you're allowed to leave. Um, but actually, can I say that just by being here, you are playing your part in the body. Just by being here, you are an encouragement to all of us by, by turning up. And actually, if someone does manage just to say a few words to you before you need to leave, well, then you've enabled them to play their part in speaking the truth in love to you. And if you don't know what to say, you can just say that. I don't know what to say. Let's, just, let's start the conversation um, in ignorance or, or ask, ask a question. Uh, an obvious thing to talk about is the sermon that you've just heard. Uh, but if you're like me, you probably struggle to remember it straight away. Um, I do, and I'm often the one who's just preached it. Um, but, but you can even ask someone else, so what do you remember about it? Um, or ask about something that you didn't understand. That opens up that kind of conversation, doesn't it? We're not talking about laying out the whole doctrine of justification by faith, um, but just a, a little nugget of truth uh, to send someone away with. So why not ask them what stood out to them uh, from uh, the sermon or, or for the Bible reading, whatever we have been thinking about. Um, I've, I've added a load of more C's there as well. You can see I've cheated on some of them. Convict, what, you know, what, what stood out to you from the service? Uh, what was convicting, challenging, correcting? encouraging, recharging, um, just, just some ideas of, 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 of asking each other and getting that kind of uh, conversation going. But just as we finish as well, this does link, doesn't it, to what we were thinking about, the fifth C, commissioning, um, last week. Because uh, actually, as we're, as we're kind of gathering together for tea and coffee afterwards, as we're getting these conversations, um, this is us kind of sending each other out, commissioning each other uh, to go out into the world full of Christ, ready for the week. So another question would be, wouldn't it, um, what are you doing next week? How can I pray for you? That's just a, another one, isn't it, just to start that going. And we'll try and help you a bit more. I'm not promised making any promises on behalf of anyone else, but we'll try and put a few questions up sometimes that you can just glance at um, over coffee, which might be about the sermon. So I'll have some today um, for you. And obviously, holiday club set up we actually get even more time together, don't we, to just ha having those sorts of chats as we go and, and throughout the week as we work together as a team there. But let's just remember that the reality is, as Christians, we couldn't be involved in a bigger, grander building project. And we couldn't be involved in a task more vital than this as we uh, grow as a body together um, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Um, every believer building the body to maturity and security by speaking truth in love. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the church. Thank you for your uh, plan that includes us, your people, to unite all things under Christ in heaven and earth. Thank you that you will complete it. Thank you that you are in charge of that happening, but thank you that you choose to use every single one of us in that process. Pray, Lord, that you'd excite us um, and encourage us with the prospect of playing our part, of building your body to maturity, speaking the truth in love on Sundays, throughout the week as we meet up. And Lord, we pray that we would be that mature body of Christ, that we would not be at the mercy of the wind and waves of false teaching. Please protect us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.